Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk with people who are living lives of purpose and doing amazing things that make a positive impact in our world. We take time to listen to them as they reflect on their life journeys and what has shaped them into who they are today and what motivates them to be involved in what they do. Kia ora everyone, welcome along to Seeds Podcast. I got the chance to emcee an event for Entree, which is an amazing student-led group at the University of Canterbury, and they support students who are startup entrepreneurs. And this was the Entree annual launch night, and we got the chance to hear a panel of speakers talking about the lessons that they've learned as entrepreneurs. The challenge that I left for everybody who was listening was to think about one thing that they could take away from the evening. So I lay that same challenge before you. What's one thing that you can learn from these speakers about their entrepreneurial journey? And for those of you who are listening to Seeds for the first time, don't forget that there's 340 interviews in the back catalog with amazing people telling their life stories. So you might want to check those out as well. If you want to find out more, then there's a website at theseeds.nz. Now let's listen into this panel, which consisted of Jack Wood from Komodo Wellbeing, Ben Scales from Kiwi Fiber, Saskia Vanderpeet from Real Girls in Tech and Farmgate Foods, and Rohan Matias from Food Fuse. Right, that's wonderful. So now we're going to get the panelists to come up. So could we have Jack, Ben, Saskia, and Rohan? Pretty simple. We've got two questions, really. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how it began for you, but also weaving in where did Entree fit into it? So looks like you got the mic there, Jack. <laughs> in, in at the deep end. Um, yeah, so hi, everyone. My name's Jack. I'm one of the two co-founders. Oh, that one's better. One of the two co-founders and the chief product officer of Komodo. Um, so we actually started about five years ago, as I think was sort of said before, back in 2018. Um, so Entree for us, as it is for probably everyone up here, was right at the start. So it was kind of one of the catalysts, really. Um, we got started at the University Canterbury Centre for Entrepreneurship Summer Startup Programme. And the next step for us there was going into the Entree 85K Challenge, as it was then called. Um, and yeah, so what we do as a company, we're now kind of on a, a bit of a global scale. So we serve schools across 16 plus different countries um, with the overall aim of making every school a place where everyone thrives, which is namely providing software that helps schools track and monitor and measure student well-being at the moment, but it will soon become teacher well-being as well. So um, yeah, we've, we've had a hell of a journey over the last five years. I think you heard in the description before, there's been a couple, couple capital raises in there. Um, we sit currently over, Komodo HQ is actually not far from here, just over in Rickton on Mandeville Street. We've got a team of 15, a um, lot of ups and downs, but it kind of really started with UC and Entree as well. So we were the winners of the 85K challenge back in 2018. Um, and for us, it was really a first opportunity to just go, do you know what, we can throw ourselves in at the deep end. We're going to commit to this um, wholeheartedly, um, which probably, you know, studies and the degrees probably took a little bit of a hit, um, which I don't know is something I should be sharing. But, uh, you know, I think I agree with what Paul just said before. For us, it was the same, you know, just give something a go. Um, it's probably going to be a running theme, but I think these guys would agree with me as well. Starting a company or trying to start a company, growing a company, building a company, um, it's one of the best opportunities you could ever take and one of the greatest rides in life you could ever get on. Um, so if there's one takeaway from this, it's just do whatever you can, whether you've got an idea or not, to get involved. Um, but yeah, I'll pass it over. Maybe go back this way to Rowan. Okay, hello everybody. Um, I'm also a student here, so don't, I'm not kind of gone, I haven't gone too far. Just came from a lecture to this, so um, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so very similar to what you're saying of, yeah, I went into this and I had no idea what I was doing. So with that, we, they mentioned how we went to the napkin challenge. And so the issue that we'd seen was that up in Auckland, we're visiting some friends and people were just chucking their food waste into the landfill bin. And I was like, well, why are you doing that? Surely there's something better. Because obviously in Christchurch, there's a green bin and it's dealt with nicely. And I was like, if New Zealand, a developed country, is still struggling to deal with food waste, surely that's a, a, a big issue for us. So that's kind of where it all started. And so we put down this idea of complex way of turning food waste into water. And we're like, then we're going to use the water to run a turbine to make energy. And anyway, we quickly, within about one week, realized, oh, that's absolutely stupid. There's no way, you, there's a tiny amount of water you produce. And there's like, anyway, it just it did not work. And by that point, we're already in one of these competitions. And it's like, we've gone into this competition. And within a week, we've realized this doesn't work. Oh, no. So um, there's, and so what we did was what, what, what we call a pivot, in which you kind of realize, OK, this isn't going to work. We've got to change what we're doing. And I think. That's, I'm sure some of the other teams up here, or people up here have also done the same thing. That was for us a, a big, a, a big, it feels, feels like it's stupid and you wasted your time, but it's actually just learning more about the, the market, yeah. So we also went through the Entree launch, launch challenge, or the 85K challenge, it's two names, um, uh, last year, and we went through and won that, and it was just really good. Firstly, so I'm, I do engineering, and I, I really thought, okay, if I make a product that works and it's nice, everyone's going to buy it. But... There's actually a lot more to the business side of stuff of trying to sell the thing, which is actually where you get the money from it. So um, you just learn so much from talking to these people from, with lots of different experiences. You go through all these challenges and learn. And, and yeah, so that's kind of where we're up to now. And we're still doing R&D and progressing it. And yeah, looking to raise some money, ideally, this year. So yeah, that's where we're up to. But um, for everybody, don't feel like, oh, you had an idea and it fails. Oh, well, it's over. I've got to give up on startups. Like, there's still a lot of... You can still learn from that mistake and change it and, and yes, just keep, keep improving what, what you're doing. So we didn't win the 85K challenge. <laughs> we, didn't even, we didn't even participate in the 85K challenge because it was a 35K challenge at the time. It was COVID year. Yeah, we sucked. It was terrible. Well, our business model was that we were going to go into every garden in the country and pick up cabbage tree leaves and turn them into skateboards. And I can't even ride a skateboard. So that was like, it was, it was an idea. It wasn't a great idea, but it was an idea. And Entree saw the earliest form of kiwi fibre. Um, and yes, we've learned a lot in that time. So my name is Ben. I didn't say that. My name is Ben Scales, co-founder and CEO of Kiwi Fibre. Um, Will, the man with the brains, is sitting all the way over there. Um, and yeah, being a student founder was great because we had no mortgage, no kids, no, nothing to worry about. We were free to learn, we were free to spend time with customers, we were free to spend time on the problem, learning what the problem was that we were solving, because we weren't solving the right problem at the time. We weren't really solving a problem, but now we've found a really cool micro and macro problem that we're solving, and that's, I've owed our success so far to that. Um, so we ended up spending 2021, 2022, basically building slowly and breaking a MVP. Um, that was enough to get us in the door with conversations with um, customers. So while we were students, we just spent all that time ignoring our lectures um, and watching them on Echo. Um, and the paper within product design that we ended up, the idea ended up coming from, was the first and last time I got an A+. Um, and yes, that's where it sort of all came from. Um, and so, yeah, we spent all our time at uni basically figuring out what a business was and how to solve a problem. Not how to build a product, but how to solve a problem. Uh, we ended up 
crafting a pitch over the course of like two years. Um, got a million no's and then we got a few yeses, which was awesome. Um, and then we ended up raising money last year, which was super exciting. Ended up closing the day after my last exam last year. Um, so that was a bit stressful, but we got there. Um, and so yeah, the world needs more startups because if there's one thing I've learned, it's that startups are a real awesome scalable force for good. Um, and yeah, the world needs more startups and obviously the world needs more entrees. All right, um, slightly different intro from me, but <laughs> I want you to picture a software engineer. For me, it's always been hoodie, dark clothes, dark room, and probably hasn't showered in a while. These silly misconceptions made me disregard an entire industry full of opportunity. It doesn't need to be said there aren't enough women in tech. Yes, it's improved, but still only 15% of students in my software engineering cohort are women. To change this, we need to get to the root of the problem. Many girls can't see themselves in tech. They, like I did, think software engineers are antisocial geeks living in basements. But frankly, it couldn't be further from the truth. The Real Girls of Tech is a blog changing the image of tech. We share the stories of the real women studying and working in tech, break those misconceptions, and empower girls to give tech a go. But my entrepreneurship journey didn't start here. Last year, friend and business partner Caleb roped me into the Entree Enterprise Launch Challenge with a documentation, shipping documentation automation startup, Avium. And it was an opportunity that literally changed my life, very cliche, but learning from speakers, peers, mentors, pitching in front of hundreds, forgetting our pitch in front of hundreds was an incredible opportunity that enabled us to continue Avium through the UCE Summer Startup Program. Although, Forget paperwork, we're now a farm, we're Farmgate Foods, an online farmer's market, sharing the stories behind your food. A key learning I learned from these two programs was do something you're passionate about. That's the key to really sustainable success and a lot of the reason why we don't automate shipping paperwork anymore. Um, passion is really what drives the real girls of tech. Success for us is inspiring young women to discover passions in places they've never considered and us discover a metaverse of opportunity. And so, happy International Women's Day to everyone here. Well, all the women especially. And if you're also on tech, let's have a chat because I'd love to feature on my blog. I'm just starting out, so yeah, but really excited about the future. All right. Well, that's great. Now we've got the intros. We know where they're from and, and the backgrounds. Lots of really good information. I'd like to ask some deeper questions now. Um, and kind of riff off each other as panelists, you know, maybe expand on what someone else is say. Um, Jack, you, you started out, you've already given us a bit of wisdom. I remember when we first met, and it was through, I think it was at UCE, and you were on a different venture, right? And then you came in and have it now here with Komodo. I'm just curious, it's kind of a specific question, but what's that difference between like co-founding and, and being on your own? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, it was Ministry of Awesome, wasn't it? Coffee and Jam. You did juggling for your analogy instead of passing the twine, which was really impressive. Um, yeah, so I did for a brief moment uh, when first went through the Summer Startup Program was on my own. Um, it's funny because we get this question all the time of which one's better, and there are upsides and downsides to both. Like, I have a ton of admiration for solo founders. Um, I mean, we've had Brianne mentioned, obviously. Um, I think the key thing is just having someone to bounce ideas off of. Uh, Chris is my co-founder, for those of you that don't know, he's in Dubai at the moment, but um, he kind of describes it really well in that 
him and I to each other are sort of the only people on the planet that know exactly or as close to exactly what the other person is going through at any given point. Um, you do kind of just become in sync. You obviously share uh, a lot of problems and shoulder a lot of problems together. So, yeah, I think that's the key thing for me is, is, is having someone else to bounce ideas off of. I think there's also a case of, you know, and I think solo founders can do this with their team as well. I think... Um, especially the, uh, the team early on is, is really important. They're almost like your co-founders to some extent. Um, you know, you can, you can, if you're a solo founder, you can build a team that sort of fills gaps in your skill set. Uh, and that's something that we even do as, as co-founders and, and having a founding team, we still have to go and hire. Um, you know, I think most founders will, founders will sit there. I think it's very healthy to think that you don't know everything. Um, Chris and I adopt the, the approach that we know very, very little. Um, and it's probably true, actually. So, yeah, I think it's really helpful to bounce ideas off of someone else. That's been one of the big advantages. Um, I suppose when you're a solo founder, you don't want to kill the other person sort of so frequently. So that's probably an upside of that. But, um, yeah, I think shared experiences with someone that knows exactly what you're going through and can provide, obviously, a different skill set as well. Chris and I are similar in many ways, but very, very different in others. So that's probably the key thing for me to that question. All right. And Rohan, I know you're early on the entrepreneurial journey, but there's a time machine over there. We're going back exactly one year. What, what would you tell yourself? Oh, I guess I'd tell myself it's, it's not going to be the journey you think it's going to be. So back then, I used to kind of start off with a very clear vision of, okay, you made this thing, this is what it's going to do, this is how it's going to go, and you quickly start talking to people and then you'd be like, oh, we didn't consider that, and oh, we didn't consider that, and somebody says that was bad, and somebody says it was good, and suddenly you realize you're kind of going off over here when you had thought you are going to go this way. So I kind of tell myself, well, be ready for that to happen and don't try and oppose it. Um, also, just spend lots of time really narrowing in on that problem. And as Ben mentioned at the start, like for them, the biggest thing about their company is having found a really good uh, a problem, uh, a niche problem. And so it's easy to kind of fall in love with your solution. And so thinking, and uh, as an engineer, I've, I do this all the time of like, oh, I've got this great plan and I'm going to go do that. But sometimes you need to realize when you get a bit further down, hey, this isn't actually the best solution. Even though I put all my, my, my heart and my love into this idea, it's okay to change it to something else. And... Yeah, yeah. Just not f love what you're doing, but don't love the exact way you're doing it and be willing to change. Right. Yeah, it's kind of overused these days, but pivot, right? Like, be ready to pivot. So I hope you're all listening, taking something in here, because remember, we need to walk out of the doors with at least one thing that you're going to remember or implement in your life. So Ben, um, you mentioned sort of the force for good that business could be. I'm curious about that. Have you got any other thoughts that you could share? And in particular, you know, mission, purpose, impact. Does that actually have any synergy with business? Absolutely. I mean, why are you, like, if a business isn't a business without a problem, and within that problem, that problem, as soon as you start to explore it, you start to learn who the problem affects. You learn to start, you start to learn about how like the different parts of the world that the problem exists in, the way that people have tried to solve it and then gone and created other problems. And so spending all that time on the problem, you really understand exactly what you need to build, um, which is really important. And then going back to um, Stephen's question, because I love to go on tangents. Yeah, what the, the most exciting thing about startups is the fact that you can move so quickly and you can, change, you can solve problems really quickly. Um, and yeah, you start to just really get into 
understanding the customer, and that's really neat. And like the most exciting thing for our venture, for instance, is the fact that we, like across like supply chain marketing and customer, there's problems all over the place. So you start to go into a problem, and you go, oh, there's a problem over here and a problem over here. And so you need to stay grounded and go, okay, this is the core problem that I'm solving. Um, but then at the same time, there's so much opportunity for what you can do with a business. You can start a foundation, you can start doing um, other kind of charitable things within a business, um, all solving the same problem in different ways. And yeah, it's probably the most exciting thing about it, to be honest. And I know that's the exact kind of lawyer Stephen is, so. Yeah, I am biased with that question. <laughs> um, Saskia, I'm really curious to understand similar question that we're getting here. What are some things that you wish that you'd known, but in particular with the unique ones that you bring as a woman, what, what were some of the things that you wish that you had known? You know, go back a year. I think, honestly, it's kind of tricky to comment, like, as a woman, because I think Entree, honestly, does an amazing job of, like, supporting everyone and everyone in their ventures, no matter where they're from or what they're doing. Um, in terms of what I wish I'd known last... Well, okay, a year ago, I was like, I'm never going to be an entrepreneur, that's for nerds. Um, <laughs> sorry to everyone, but literally just... I guess what I wish I'd known is, like, you can do anything you want with entrepreneurship, so, like... For me, it's women in tech at the moment that I'm really, really passionate about and, like, you know, through the clubs and that sort of thing. And so being able to make a business out of something that I love, and obviously you can see from my intro as well, I'm really into, like, doing something I'm really passionate about. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... You can make a business out of anything and you can make it what you want. And I think that's what I love about it is you can be so creative and so much more creative than you can in your degree and you just have freedom to do what you want. So I think that's really... It opens a lot of doors and, I mean, I wanted to be a software engineer, but now I don't know if I want to do that anymore because there's just so many more opportunities outside of that. So I think that's probably it for me. Great. All right, panel, is there anything else that we need to pass on as wisdom to the room? Any last thoughts? So you asked earlier about kind of the benefits of a, a co-founder. Um, so for us... I, I also have a big ego, which I'm not supposed to say, but I'm supposed to be, um, I'll keep it in. But um, I really wanted to be CEO, pretty much. I was like, oh, I want to be CEO. That's what, that's what the cool people do. And then you find out, okay, actually CEO is a lot of paperwork and a lot of admin. And actually what I really like to do is just build stuff. So if you are really passionate about an idea, don't feel like, oh, I want to just, I want to just be the CEO and I want to do everything and I want to be in charge of everything. You realize you can bring in people who potentially like that stuff, find somebody who likes paperwork and drag them in and find somebody who's really good at talking and pre presenting an idea and bring them in as well. And don't feel like you have to take the stage in every single time and you have to be doing the whole thing. So, yeah. So, at the Entree Enterprise Launch Challenge, we did our final pitch. And literally, there was about five seconds where I was standing there like, oh my God, I cannot remember anything. Really embarrassing, but... Actually, through that opportunity, we got to do the UCE Summer Startup. So this is definitely for like the students more so. Even if you think, like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible at this, I can't do public speaking, there's still so many opportunities out there in so many ways. And like it could be doing paperwork, for example, even though it doesn't sound very inspiring. But you know, if you're nervous to do like public speaking or something like that, don't let that stop you from being an entrepreneur, because that's not all it is at all. And yeah, I really think it's a great thing for anyone to give a try at, at least once. Yeah. Can we give them a round of applause? Thank you.
Well, I do hope you enjoyed that panel discussion. And this was the Entree annual launch night with about 150 people who attended. What was the one thing that stuck out to you? Why not find someone else you know and share it with them? If you enjoyed this, then check out some of the other episodes in Seeds as well. Seeds is a project that I've been doing for more than five years, trying to collate a whole bunch of conversations with people doing inspiring things in the world. If you want to find out more, then there's a website at theseeds.nz. Until next time, kakiteano!